This program is designed to provide general information with regards to the subject matters covered. This information is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, sponsors, or station are engaged in rendering any specific and personal, medical, financial, legal, counseling, professional service, or any advice. You should seek the services of competent professionals before applying or trying any suggested ideas. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings and good-looking people. And remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. And you have found good in abundance because you have tuned in consciously and conscientiously today to The Joy of Living with your humble host, Barry Shore. That's B-A-R-R-Y-S-H-O-R-E, Barry Shore. And we are listening to... The Joy of Living with hosted by that mythical, magical, magical platform called Internet Radio by K4HD.com. You can go to K4HD.com, put up your questions, because we have one of the most remarkable, beautiful, potentially unbounded beings that you'll ever meet. He'll be with us in just a few minutes. But right now, we want to welcome you because you tuned in one for one reason only. And it's the best reason. You tuned only because you care the most in the entire world about you. Y-O-U. E-W-E. You. And that's good because when you're the best you possible, then the world becomes a better place. You can build bridges. You can create more harmony. You can share joy, happiness, peace, and love. And right now, you are joined by 280,613 people around the world who have all tuned in for one reason only, to listen to the joy of living because everybody here knows that when you listen to and utilize the principles in this show, you will be healthier, wealthier, and wiser. We guarantee it. You'll be healthier, wealthier, and wiser when you listen to and utilize the principles and practices that you're going to hear about on this show today. We have 230, 240,000 people every week and another 30, 40,000 people coming in all the time because their friends say, you've got to listen to The Joy of Living with your humble host, Barry Shore. And if you ever miss a minute of this show, which you don't want to do, and you want to hear it again, which you certainly want to do, and you want to share this with five people at least, so over a million people People hear this show, just go to www.barryshore.com and all the information about our wonderful guest and everything that we do is going to be right there available to you, barryshore.com. Now, in this show, the people who have been with us uh, for the past couple of years know that we discuss here the three fundamental principles of life. And those three fundamental principles of life are, number one, life. Your life has purpose. That's right. And when you live with purpose in your life, you can now, the correlated result of that, you can go mad. Now, in this case, mad is a wonderful acronym because mad stands for make a difference. When you live a purpose-driven life, you can go make a difference. And the third principle is one of the easiest ways to do that is by unlocking the secrets and the power of everyday words and terms. Yes, the secrets and the power of everyday words and terms. Simple example, WWW. Ask anybody, what does WW stand for? And invariably, they'll tell you it has something to do with the internet. And factually speaking, they're correct. But in our world, the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and 
pleasant. WWW stands for, drum roll, fanfare, da-da-da-da. What a wonderful world. And what a, is a word, W-H-A-T-A. What a wonderful world. <laughs> and of course, whenever you hear that song, even the opening bars right away, what do you do? We have a tip of the hat to Satchmo Louis Armstrong for enabling that song to go viral around the world and touch hundreds of millions, if not billions of people on the planet. You just hear the opening bars. What do you do? You smile. Now, smile is one of the more interesting, powerful, purposeful, pleasant uh, acronyms you'll ever internalize, utilize, and leverage in your life because SMILE stands for seeing miracles in life every day. Seeing miracles in life every day. Now, invariably when I say this, and right now I have 12, 14 questions up on the board, and whether I'm speaking to 50 people or 5,000 people, invariably people raise their hand, they come up to me and say, but Barry Shore, I've been up for hours already. I haven't seen any miracles. And I ask them, are you here? Can you hear? Can you see? Do you have water to drink? Do you have food to eat? Do you have a place to sleep? Do you have family? Do you have friends? Those are all miracles. And when you begin to understand that those are all miraculous, then your world becomes better. You begin to see miracles in life every day. Now, I have to give you a simple proof, which is what? A million plus people did not get out of bed this morning. They died. You didn't die. You're here. Another million plus people in the midst of a pandemic around the world, another million plus people can't get out of bed. They're infirm. You're not. I hope, trust, 99.99% of you are listening, and you're not in a hospital bed, unlike your humble host. Your humble host, Barry Shore, September 17, 2004, standing up in the morning, just like I hope, 99.99% of everybody listening, hale and hearty, able to leave tall buildings in a single bound, and that evening... I was in the hospital paralyzed from my neck down. I became what's known as a quadriplegic. And it was not from an automobile accident or a spinal injury. It was a rare disease that took over my body from hale and hearty to completely and completely paralyzed in a matter of hours. I couldn't get out of bed for years. I was in a hospital bed in my own home for two years. I couldn't turn over on myself. I was in a wheelchair for four years. I had braces on both my legs, my hips, my ankles. And that was progress. Now, thank God today, I am vertical and able to be ambulatory, albeit with the help of a six and a half foot walking wand made for me by a Zen master. So I'm a tripod, but I still can't walk up a curb by myself or a Stare, and I have helped 12 hours a day, seven days a week. But you hear my voice, positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. Why? Because I learned how to see miracles in life every day. Getting out of bed still takes me 10 minutes, but that, for me, is miraculous. Now, I got to tell you, though, my eight-year-old niece came over to me a couple of weeks ago, and she asked me, she said, Uncle Barry, can we spell smile, S-M-I-E-L? And I thought about it. I said, smile, smile. So I was the same. Why not? I asked her, how come? And she says, because then it would stand for seeing miracles in everyday life. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes. Isn't that wonderful? Because when you begin to create that kind of thought process, what do you do? You create a better world. Now, create is a great acronym that stands for causing rethinking enabling all to excel thinking because we all have a brain our brain has 50 billion brain cells and a trillion synapses connecting them and they're there for more than just deciding what kind of latte you want today creating the kind of world we 
all want to live in makes the world a better place. I have to interrupt myself and just tell you that I we will use a lot of four-letter words on this show. And I like using four-letter words. And as a matter of fact, I even use the four-letter F-U word. And I do it because it's fun and for shock value. But the kind of four-letter words that we use are give, grow, help, holy, help, I mean, <laughs> free, Love, <laughs> those are four-letter words. And the four-letter F-U word is fun. F-U, capital N, capital N, fun. Now, right away, I got questions on the board. People raise their hands and say, Mr. Shore, fun is only spelled with three letters. Well, not in our world. Our world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. Fun is spelled F-U, capital N, capital N. So after the show, when you see your family or friends, you have a twinkle in your eye, you have a smile on your face, and you remember to say, you point your finger and you say, F-U, everybody. Remember to add right away, capital N, capital N. So where did you get that? Well, I listened to Barry Shore, The Joy of Living, and explained to them what it means to have fun in life. Because you do that, you create the kind of world we all want to live in now. I'm going to share with everybody, there are two words that when you utilize these two words, consciously and conscientiously, three times per day, from now forward, the rest of your life, you will make a positive change in the world. You will go mad. You'll make a difference. And these two words are, drum roll, fanfare, da-da-da-da. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because thanks stands for to harmonize and network kindness, to harmonize and network kindness. The Dalai Lama has been quoted as saying, I read in his writings, be kind whenever possible. And it's always possible. <laughs> Think of it, you're going to go to your coffee shop and hopefully we'll be able to go back soon. You go to a coffee shop and you order your fancy latte for five and a half dollars and somebody brings it to you. You say, thank you. You go to a coffee shop, you order your fancy latte, and nobody brings it to you. You go up to the counter and say hello, and they say, oh, sorry, we forgot, and we'll bring it to you. And another few minutes goes by, and somebody brings it to you and say, thank you. You're walking out of the coffee shop, and it's raining out. Somebody holds the door open for you. Thank you. You're walking out of the coffee shop, and it's raining out. Somebody slams the door on you. Thank you. You're in your car in traffic. Somebody cuts you off, and you're late for an appointment. You say, thank you. You get up in the middle of the night, and you stub your toe, and it hurts. Oh, you say, Thank you to harmonize and network kindness. Kindness. Keep inspiring noble deeds. Now, I have to tell you, there are a few people that I would like more than to introduce. So I consider one of the more kind people in the world than the person you're about to meet now. A wonderful Aaron, are you there? Can you please say a big hello to 280,613 people around the world? I can do that. Hey, Barry. Hey, everybody. I don't know if I'll make it, but great to be here. <laughs> now, we are blessed. Um, wonderful Aaron McCormick is not only not your typical being, but he is that dynamic, positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant being that understands that life is to be lived for the full. He understands life stands for living inspirationally for eternity because um, – Aaron grew up in what we call difficult circumstances. Yes, it was in Chicago, the myrtle capital of the world. And he grew up in a um, less than stable home. And he grew up in a less than stable school environment. And yet, this amazing being was able to, at a very young age, 
see clearly enough to understand that education was better than incarceration and that if he made effort and focused his thoughts, his mind, his power, we call him a pothead because a pothead stands for power of thinking, helping everyone achieve destiny. And Aaron is a destiny-oriented person. Wonderful, Aaron. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. I'd like to just jump right in and start talking about your book, which I couldn't put down. I just got it a few days ago. It's called Unbounded Journey to Your Within. And let's just jump into two of your most favorite topics. And they are, because they tickle me, joy and empathy. So, <laughs> I mean, are we not made for each other, Aaron? Is this wonderful? What do you say? So let's you know. jump right in. And uh, you got there on page seven. Hey, part of your mission is about joy and empathy. So help right. us, Dr. McCormick, help us understand more about living in joy and living with empathy. Well, I can definitely say that uh, you're also inspirational to me because I, I don't, uh, I guess, outwardly display the level of energy and joy that you do, and I'm a lot of years younger. So thank you for that example. <laughs> that I'm always inspired by your energy. Um, you know, joy, I, didn't, I haven't really considered myself a joy ambassador per se. Like I didn't, I didn't consciously realize that that was um, a true, um, I guess, theme within my life, as well as the empathy part. It wasn't until I was much older that I realized what an empath was, for example, and that I actually was such, and that it has been, there's been like this theme woven across my entire existence since I was a baby, and I've connected dots from things I've heard from people much older than me, uncles and aunts and obviously parents and just anyone that knew me when I was a child. And I've realized that um, this is really the feature or the focus of all of our existences, whether we realize it or not, whether we are conscious to it or not, our focus since we were toddlers, and I allude to this in the book, Barry, that when we're two or, you know, one and a half, just barely walking, and that toddler wants two things. They want independence, which is interesting, right? Parent wants to help right. them. The baby wants no parts. He's like grunting, get away from me. But if the parent completely looks away and, and doesn't pay them any attention, the toddler it's really upset. So we want to be noticed, we want to be independent, and we want to make an interaction. So you can't fully ignore me. Notice me in my truth. Don't change my truth. Acknowledge my truth. Interact with my truth. Be touched by whatever it is that I'm doing, but don't necessarily try to change me. So that struck me that at the two bookends of life, where we are babies, where we're closer to our actual essence before we started being changed and sort of gradually tweaked by our surroundings, the energy of our family, our culture, our country residents, pop culture, TV, music, all these different things that is exerting relevant influence on our personality and our disposition and our opinions and the things that we fear everything, those, that pressure gradually deviates us from that original intention and we allow it as we get older. But as babies, we don't. We learn to allow it. Then as we get to be really older, like as we approach our twilight years, we begin to roll out of that same uh, or that trance where we live for the opinions of others. We live to, you know, appease the expectations and we do things that please us. We have our set routines. 
We, we do things that, you know, whether it makes sense to others or not, we're more likely to live them. So it's like on the bookends of life, Barry, we get it. We know our purpose is joy, affecting, impacting others, connection, all these, all these types of things. But in the middle, treat, uh, grammar school and high school and young adulthood and professional careers, and we're all sorts of lost, and we're in all sorts of varying levels of internal conflict, as I call it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't think it's just my pursu- pursuit of joy, per se. I think everybody... We're naturally here for, for that reason. The question is, how many binders, which I refer to in the book, we'll talk about that later, how many right. binders are weighing us down? And this, by the way, thank you so much for being so articulate and such. And I want to make, mention that this is part of what um, this great book, Unbounded, um, Aaron discusses and unbundles the binders that bind us and keep us oftentimes in a narrow place when, in fact, we want to live as exponentially as possible. And uh, Aaron devotes a lot of time in the book and his life to discussing what I'll call, and because you mentioned it, the artistry of life, because that's what you are. Uh, Aaron has has achieved what other people call great success in the sense that from a monetary, strictly monetary material perspective, he has reached a pinnacle of life that most people would say, well, that's what I want. And he's also experienced the ability to recognize that when you have those things you think you want, they may not be exactly what you need. And therefore, the genius of what Aaron has been helping shape his life, that of his wife and his children, and now through the book for others, is to use the empathic path to really discuss love and relationships. And that's why I love what you do with Unbounded and the the binders and open them up and discuss these idea of relationships. Let's start with talking about that. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of a boost and say that love is an acronym that we like and because love stands for living on vibrant energy, living on the vibrational plane. And that's what happens, I believe, when someone is able to plug in empathetically to uh, not only themselves, but to an other. And let's discuss what it means to have romantic familial, and even friendship relationships. But let's start with the one that attracts most people, which is romantic. Come on, Aaron, lay it on us. Let's hear some romantic ballads and how you've been through life and it was just a bed of roses and everything worked well all the time. Oh, you're, you're crazy. There's no ballads here, certainly no bed of roses. And I think that's exactly why we all love to talk about this topic because it seems like one stab after another, right? Since we were five, six years old, the boy or girl you like, doesn't like you back or likes you for a little bit and all of a sudden stops. I mean, it, what, what's interesting to me is how love seems to be the second most important thing for, for us naturally. After eating, it is sex drive. And, right. and sex drive is very emotional, right? I mean, I mean we've learned from animals, we've learned from humans that if that's completely removed, like even when we're not consciously thinking about sex. So I don't mean sex is, is consciously on our mind like we're thinking about lunch every day, although for, for some of us that's the case too, right? But I mean, subconsciously, it is driving us. So it's that strong need to connect. 
with the opposite sex. For some, it's also the same sex, whatever. And to be the most basic need, right? It's amazing to me how it's the most least understood. Like with diet, we understand diet. We may not always do it right, but we know what helps our body and we know what doesn't. Most of us learn this stuff by sixth, seventh grade, and then it's pounded into our heads through other means as we become adults. We get it, but we don't have any clue about how to abate the pain that comes from the love topic. And what's interesting is that it's actually all within, within us. We think it's some, you know, usually something you don't know is because there's some external knowledge you haven't become privy to. You haven't gone and taken a course or you haven't gotten that degree. You don't have the technical savvy. This is one of those things where it is already deeply within us and always has been since we were before we were, right? I mean, it's this wisdom Correct. that until we deliberately tap into it and kind of connect these dots that have always been trying to yell at us and tell us the answers, we don't get it. And that's really what the book does. And I'll talk about this topic too, Barry, but the whole point here is it's one thing for other people to tell you things intellectually feed you data, whether it's, you know, mantras or, or business tips or love tips, but that's still entering the mind. And we all know that the mind is learn things. It, it consists of things based upon experience. And the whole premise of the book is everything we've experienced could be, not everything, but many things certainly could be and are contrary to what we deeply feel and later on, Barry, I'll talk about how we realize when we're not in resonance on any given topic, any situation. How do you learn how to really tune into your body and make sure that you are in resonance? So in this topic of love, what is a silver bullet? There is a silver bullet. The silver bullet is yourself. You are unable to love or give anything elsewhere that you don't have. And I know we may have heard it before, love yourself first, but I don't think we really understand what that means. I think, I think collectively we equate self-love with a lot of pop culture ideals, some of which have value, but they're not the full message. When we usually hear self-love, people think, love your height, love your weight, love your body, love your beautiful black skin. If you're uh, a black or if you're uh, Asian, you know, appreciate the virtues of yourself in those, you know, relatively physical ways. But we're so much more than that there's so much more than the physical we are energy and the energy has been evident and our essence throughout our entire life so how do you get to know the part of you that is only 10 percent of your animation what i mean by that is we've all heard that 90 percent of human thought is subconscious so that means uh you know if you only know the physical things you're thinking in your mind the physical awareness of your appearance and of your preferences well, that's not what's really controlling your life experience. How do you get to know the unknowable or what seemingly is unconscious? Well, once we get some years on us, we can start to look back on our life and put together the themes, the patterns, and the feelings or the energy we felt at, in various situations, contrast them with others, look at our current state and how we view certain things and begin to understand why we view them and just on and on and on across multiple across multiple topics. So this is in, so in this, this is so wonderful. Let me just um, give a little frame here because 
you live and know this so well. We have, thank God, hundreds of thousands of people around the world and lots of questions up on the board. I'm just going to give some encapsulation for just a minute or so uh, with your permission. Uh, there's a wonderful uh, insight uh, quote from a fellow that, uh, named Mark Twain. And again, we have an international audience, so Mark Twain is an American author, but I think well-known around the world. One of his more interesting ideas is he wrote, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. Right. <laughs> There right. you find out. So what Aaron is sharing with us is when your hormones are raging as a teenager and sometimes even in your 20s and sometimes with people who can't even control themselves in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, ah, and you don't ever examine the, and the, we know that the self-examined life is not worth living. And we say that the number one fundamental in this show is purpose, when you begin to understand and self-examine your your being, then you know that you are here for purpose. When you find out the why, right, then right. you can do what Aaron has been sharing with us. Now, Aaron, you might like this a lot. There is this idea of self-love, as you've been talking about. Now, love we discussed as living on vibrant energy. But there's two parts to the self, as you've been describing. There's what we'll call, for want of a better term, the lower self and the higher self. The lower self right, stands right. for seeking excitement, losing <laughs> focus. When you're always right, seeking right. excitement, the next, the next, the next, you lose focus because you don't understand what purpose is in life. Is that correct? But yes, if yes. you have a higher self, which stands for that you are a soul experiencing life, fully and recognize, as you mentioned, that you are a spiritual being, a soul experiencing life fully, then you have an opportunity to gain what you have mentioned to us. You've gone from data through the mind into wisdom. As we say, one of the reasons people tune into the show, the joy of living with your host, Barry Shore. And again, everything you want to hear, and you do want to hear this from Aaron, you want to hear it again, you want to learn about his book, just go to barryshore.com. All the information will be there about Aaron. Remember, the reason you tune in is because you'll be healthier, wealthier, and wiser. Aaron just talked to us about wisdom. Wisdom begins with self-love because we've sifted through data made it through the mind, and now we can actually have some wisdom in our life. And if we do that, we can have healthy, romantic, familial, and friendship relationships. So let's talk about that. We have a couple minutes before the break. Talk to us about what it means to have a healthy, familial, and friendship-oriented relationship. Well, as you mentioned, as, long, as soon as we understand a bunch of important things about who we really are. And you learn this through introspection of your journey, like even the terrible things. Once you begin to realize that everything is by design, actually your design, and that it serves you. It's kind of like, you know, we would go to uh, Six Flags or some roller coaster park and you hate going up to the top. You're like, oh, why am I doing this? You signed up for it. Or, you know, you go to a horror movie. I was never really into horror movies, but a lot of people are. They want to feel scared. There's a lot of things that we want. Even when you work out, you get sore, and you keep poking your own muscle. It hurts you, but you kind of still like it. There's aspects to this journey that we've signed up for. We've chosen to experience all of the contracts. Once you realize through 
personal experience and introspection, connect the dots of how you've been served, you stop being threatened by the next thing that maybe physically will seem unpleasant and will be unpleasant physically, of course. So we're not delusional. It's not that you're immune to the experiences that, that go with being a human. I'm certainly not, none of us are. But when you realize that they ultimately serve you, you're no longer hampered by them, scared of them, and therefore putting guards up, quickly threatened, uh, qu uh, quickly feeling insecure. Your security is no longer threatened because you realize if something bad happens, it's ultimately serving me anyway. So differences start to dissuade. So whether it be friendship jealousy, whether it be insecurity of what somebody will or won't do in terms of committing to you, or maybe you think they're using you, all of the things that go with most of the mis misunderstandings of relationships fall away immediately once you have actually connected to yourself. And then, since like attracts like, do you really want to draw the ultimate person you end up marrying while you're in a state of confusion where you don't understand the 90% of what, of what you really are? You draw somebody that's in a similar state, all bets are off. You may make it, you may not, certainly it is going to be rocky. But to the extent that you started connecting your own, you're more likely to draw others that have similar resonant peace and awareness. They understand what this human journey really is for all of us the beauty in it, despite the seemingly ugliness of it. And that just puts you in a, in a whole different base or foundation in the first place, right? And when you attract those other vibrating, energetic beings, guess what? You now go into an exponentially powerful, positive, purposeful, pleasant space of time. And now your life becomes better every single moment. Would you agree with that, Aaron? Totally. Totally. Okay, and let's do the following. I'm going to urge everybody... Pick yourself up the floor because this is amazing stuff. Put your seatbelt back on. We're going to come right back and do a short break and more of Unbounded with amazing Aaron McCormick. Don't go away. Be right back after this brief message. Good day, everybody. Barry Shore here. The most searched word on the internet after COVID and pandemic is stress, S-T-R-E-S-S, -S, because everyone, everyone in the world is suffering from stress, but you don't have to. Stress kills, but you know the antidote. Joy heals. Go to www.barryshore.com. www, what a wonderful world, .barryshore.com. B-A-R-R-Y-S-H-O-R-E. And find out what color is your stress, how to reduce, mitigate, maybe even eliminate it. And it's all free. Go to barryshore.com. Do it now. You'll be happy you did because stress kills. Joy heals. Hi, everyone. Wouldn't it be great if there was a Facebook group where you could go, learn wonderful things, reduce your stress, live in joy, and they're giving away $1,000 a month in prizes for participating. How would that be? Well, it exists. Go to Facebook and look up the Joy of Living group. That's go to Facebook and search the Joy of Living group 
Join today and you can start to learn how to reduce, mitigate, maybe even eliminate your stress, replace it with joy, and they're giving away $1,000 a month in prizes. This is fantastic. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your family, because this is the way to live in life. Enjoy daily. Make it a great one. Do it now. Bye. Beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. And we have good in abundance. He is in a two-legged being named Aaron McCormick. He has penned a book that everybody should be reading, talking about, utilizing, called Unbounded Journey to Your Within. Remember, the reason you listen to The Joy of Living is because you care most in the entire world about you. Y-O-U, E-W-E. And the best way to do that is by going to barryshore.com and learn all about this wonderful podcast because you can learn it, listen to it again and share it with your friends. We're back with Aaron. Aaron, I'd like you to discuss, we were talking about stuff, like attracts like, about design, but we're all talking about going through stuff, going through difficult times. I'd like you to give a three minute only about your amazing business and career because again, you came from what others would call difficult circumstances. You rose to the top of one of the most impressive and prestigious corporations in the world in terms of their sales. You made a lot of money, but you also recognized that you became the best you possible. Give us a thumbnail of what it was like to be in, involved with people where they encouraged you and you encourage yourself to continually achieve success. Well, I'll tell you that most of the encouragement was was myself. And that's what we, what we probably find is the case for all of us. Everybody's got so much going on. There's so much external pressure and issues we're dealing with. Most people don't have it in them to be a, an uber coach or encourager to somebody else. And so I, that's how I found myself. I mean, I, and I didn't belabor it and whine about it. That was just the reality. I was raised by a single mom, South Side of Chicago, as you mentioned. I didn't go to college. That was not an option uh, for reasons that you'll learn more about in the book uh, that has a bunch of other twists to it that would affect me later in life. Although I did end up, end up getting an MBA from a prestigious school uh, in my mid-30s without an undergrad. That's a whole other topic as well. But I guess the point there is, uh, at, you know, in high school, I thought that I wanted to do something like auto mechanics because I loved cars since I was two, three, four years old. I knew the stats and everything. I was just into them. And logically, then I should work with cars. I'm going to work, you know, I, I did that for a little bit. Did not suit me whatsoever. I was, I was still a teenager. Wasn't the fit. Then I thought computer programming because the world is going toward computers. Word has there'll be a lot of money to be made. So, I'm, again, I'm following these external uh, ideals because macro trends will tell us where money is to be made, right? So I was thinking of that to me, did that some in high school, created my little programs. Nope, I realized, okay, I need to be dealing with something even more complex than computers, and that's other humans. For whatever reason, I've always been fascinated and wanting to interact with people. And I was even told that when I was two, three years old, I would be actually younger maybe a, you know, a, a, a toddler, young toddler, one, one and a half, staring at people's mouths, squinting, wanting to understand, wanting to talk, talk really, really bad, always empathic, empathetic. And so 
I knew I had to pick something that had to do with either teaching, but I couldn't be a teacher teacher because that requires a degree, no college option for me, or maybe an attorney. Oh, that requires a degree. That wasn't an option, particularly for me and my background and my options, right? What about psychologists? Nope, degree as well. So then I'm like, okay, I can be a trainer of some sort, or I can also, or I can also be in sales. You know, and then I realized sales is what everything is. I realized every CEO is the actual salesperson, the top salesperson in the company, because it is a relating of two different ideals, or it's, it's the meeting of a problem with a solution. It is a consultation. It is a helpful thing. So I'm thinking, okay, so there's empathy involved. There's listening. There's communicating involved. Great. I guess I'll do sales. This is at 16 years old. Little did I realize by the age of 20, 21, 22, I'd be high six figures, three, four, half a million dollars a year, a uh, million dollar house by 25, uh, you know, it, it, without uh, the degree. And I didn't set out to make a lot of money. I just knew I wanted to just provide. And I was raised by a single mom. I'm like, if I can make 50K a year and have the one a year, once a year vacation, you know, just the consistent stuff that I'm right. Well, right. And then all yeah. of a sudden, the Lord split the sea. And you said, oh, <laughs> dear Lord, I love it. I want to go back to something you said, because it's so important. Remember, yeah. we have listeners around the world. What wonderful Aaron said, okay, what, what can I do? First of all, he was asking questions about himself. Everybody, hear this. Asking questions about yourself. Right, Aaron? I mean, you've got to start there. And then he said, okay, well, cars, yeah, but, you know, that's limited. Computers, okay, that's good, but you know something? I like what you said. I want something even more complex, and there's nothing more complex anywhere and never will be than humans. <laughs> People are the most complex. We are, obviously, we look at ourselves. We know we are the most complex uh, mechanisms that exist in the world, and the best way to interact with humans sans a degree, and I'm actually glad you don't have a degree in psychology or attorney, because then you would have been one of those, and you know what would have happened, Aaron? You would have left that whatever field you were in after about 10 years, because you real, you would have realized right. that that is not a place that is going to open up vast vistas. The greatest force in the world is what is, in termed in quotation marks, selling. But as you so beautifully articulated, what you do with selling is you are enabling solutions to be brought to problems and you utilize listening and empathy. In other words, the every action of the human psyche is involved in being the best channel for sales. When you do that with a whole heart and a whole mind and a whole body and you're oriented towards bringing solutions, not making a paycheck, again, very right very subtle distinctions, then you will do what Aaron did. He flourished. He started at 16 with virtually nothing. By 18, he's making some money. By 22, he's earning a half a million dollars a year. And I want to emphasize that, ha emphasize that half a million dollars a year. Hello, everybody. And here's a fellow who others would say is undereducated and of a certain background. In other words, all the things that would not look right on paper, and yet the good Lord doesn't hold by that. The good Lord says, what is in your heart, your mind, and your desire will be fulfilled if you do it honestly, with integrity. Am I correct on that, Aaron? A hundred percent. And something else I want that you mentioned earlier on the love topic, 
the empathy aspect of sales, it also runs into every single form of communication. So I'll just quickly bridge uh, both the, the, the business topic, if you will, and our relationships. Every single interaction with another human, every communication, I should say, is not communication unless there is a measure of empathy. Because for your thought to be heard and consumed by the other side, they have to be in some sort of disposition to have, you know, a basis like you. Otherwise, it's going to hit them from their own perspective, which is not yours. So therefore, the intended communication doesn't get through. So just to go back just for a hot moment in relationships, the biggest issue is that we always want to give love and experience things. We want to give it rather as we would like to experience or as we naturally and experience them and that skews everything all the time until we slow down and go wait a minute let me be the woman the man the other person say their name what do i know of them what do i know of their experiences what do i know of this specific topic let me get out of myself completely and sit in their shoes as we go back and forth then you will you will speak to them very differently because you will speak in a way that is effectively absorbed by them because you actually know their energy. So now we go back to business. That was me. So as I sat there and began selling, I'm the only black guy all the time. This is big ticket, six-figure salary plus commission. You're selling multi-million dollar stuff to business leaders. From by, by the way, just mention the name of the yeah. name of the small uh, computer company that you worked with. Well, the one that I was best of, which was yes. like an Oscar award, if you will, was, was IBM. So I was IBM. Uh, excuse me. Years. I want everybody to hear that again. IBM. He was one of the, in the top one-tenth of one percent out of 400,000 employees around the world. Aaron was in that rarefied atmosphere. And not just as a young man, undereducated compared to all the other people. And as he said, raised in Chicago, black, et cetera, et cetera. All the, all the privileges. <laughs> but it shows right. you what happens when you live with empathy and you listen and you grow. I just want to channel you on something because there are two things in the book that I, I truly love, and I want to get to an interesting topic about going through what we what people call dark times now and how they really help us. Um, yeah. one, one of the things I loved was a picture of your then two-year-old son, and I see that he's a southpaw. So <laughs> I like that. But you mentioned, hey, my son is a lefty, and he's trying to learn how to use his right hand with his fork uh, because that's the world, and he's trying to adapt to the world, and maybe he doesn't need to and such. So I, I like that aspect, and I like the opposite part of how you speak about aging towards the end of the book, because aging in America is not a simple issue, uh, because it's not taken for what it is, which is the, the source of wisdom. You see, wisdom right. tends to reside in people who have years and decades of accumulated experiences that are focused on positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant that they can impart to others. So just speak for a couple of minutes. This, this hour is going by so fast, Aaron. Speak for a couple of minutes about your wonderful so Southpaw son and the idea of aging at the same time. <laughs> 
Well, that Southpaw experience, we were at a baby shower. He's uh, maybe two, and he always eats what is left. He's a lefty. By the way, all of us are lefty. I am, my wife is, the boy is, our two-year-old daughter is, and we have one in the oven. So uh, who knows what, what she'll be. But um, as he was doing that, I just kind of went along with him, and, and I, I wouldn't help him. And it was terrible, right? He was completely uncoordinated, so I helped him some. But, you know, it reminds me how we tend to sometimes forcibly go against what's natural, easy for us because of our surrounding environment. The fear of going against the surroundings scares us more than going against our actual internal truth. And your awakening happens when the opposite becomes your reality, meaning when you are more triggered or more concerned about not doing that which is inside of you, your heart, your energy, your, your initial real gut disposition, when that troubles you more to go against that than it does to upset whatever is outside of you, now you're on your way to being without internal conflict and therefore in resonance with yourself, then you start attracting and drawing in experiences that will further encourage you down that path. You will be more fulfilled. You will end up attracting all the other things that go with it. So that, that was the one point of don't discount yourself just because something else around you is different or is going to frown upon it, look at you weird, or you're going to be the oddball. There is a reason that you are whatever it is that is so different than the other stuff. So go with it. The other part about the, the aging aspect is how we tend to look at anything that has to do with aging as a negative thing because the more we age, the closer we get to the inevitable death. So aging must be bad. Gray hair is bad. You know, becoming more infirm, everything is bad. But if we think about the spark that we talked about that we already are before we learn anything, before we're taught how to be whatever it is that we've been taught to become, we were a thing. And that thing wasn't allowed to just grow naturally. It's been, the pressure has been molding it all this time. And there's been all sorts of detours, uh, detours. So by the time we get old, if we are, whether we are closer to our higher self by concerted effort and we are now living closer to our truth or not, when we die, we are definitely going to be our, our, our original self because we're going to go back to that original source. The one thing that's always hit me, Barry, is how the world is different. We all have varying beliefs, but there's a few things that have been consistent across all history and nearly all religions, which is that we are energy. God is energy. Source, if you will, is energy. It's in us. We are in him or it. Whatever that ubiquitous force is, we've all been taught these things, whether it's Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism, da 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 all, all over the place. So, and there's things in our life that have been proving that to us. We just haven't been consciously becoming aware of it because the density around us also proves a bunch of other things like pain and fear and suffering and, you know, uh, lost, so-called lost love, disconnections, all these different things. So I look at aging and I realize the inevitable thing of death isn't actually this terrible thing. It's terrible from our perspective, just like certain things are terrible in our perspective as humans, right? When you're four, five, 10 years old, there are things you think are the end of the world. But then as a mature person looking back, you laugh at them like, oh, that was a good thing. Oh, they had no idea. I was going to serve them later. That is how death ultimately, ultimately is as well. So then I look at things like aging and it's like, you know, there's some aspects of it. I won't steal my own thunder, but there's some aspects of aging um, that are empirically 
better uh, physically even that we don't take heat of. Maybe it's just one of them that is a little clue that tells us that that, inevit- that inevitability, death, is actually a good thing after all. It's a beautiful thing. So this is absolutely wonderful. He went from his two-and-a-half-year-old son to talking about people that are aging, I think, 100 to 120. So we got a ways to go yet, Aaron. I, I just love you for that. And uh, this time has gone by so quickly. I'm going to ask you a question. you got nine, less than 90 seconds. you got 60 seconds to answer. Ready? What is your All most right, fervent what is your most fervent desire? Fervent desire. Wow. Um, I guess that would be for everyone to recognize the beauty of themselves, the purposefulness and the perfection of their journey, everything that's happened, and how connected we all are. Because once I'll we understand stand. the perfection of us, everything else all the other conflict goes away. So I don't have a desire, Barry, to heal the world through a political party, through a specific no, no, no. external... You, said, you, said, you only had 30 seconds and you said it. And his most fervent desire is everybody should be unbounded. Go deep within the journey to yourself. Remember, www, what a wonderful world. Smile, seeing miracles in life every day. Create the kind of world you want to live in, causing rethinking, enabling all to excel and say thank you three times a day to harmonize and network kindness. Aaron, are you ready for a big hug? <laughs> yes, yeah. One, two, three. <laughs> and we have a wow, blessing man. for the world. Everybody listen, we have a blessing for you. Go forth, live exuberantly, spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. Go mad. Go make a difference.